check, check, check. One, two, one, two, one, two. What up, people? It's your boy, Chad Dave. This is a special episode of Needle to the Groove. Now, look, my guest today, right? I'm going to keep it all the way above. Uh, she's not a DJ, but, you know, she's an on-air personality, like a real on-air personality. So, um, let me turn this shit down. That shit. Listen, we we doing something rogue right now, and um, this person that I have, that's my guest today, I'm keeping a buck, was mean as fuck to me all the time. And all I ever wanted to do was just be cool. Like, but she looked out for me a lot, too, at the same time, man. So, you know, we always had love for each other, but definitely was mean as hell to me. Um, maybe it was the city because she definitely has a love-hate relationship with the city. But um, it's a person that I admire, a person that, um, you know, um, if you want to look for a good, uh, a good, like, comeback story, like dealing with depression and then winning, like this person has an amazing story. I mean, we're going get to into, get into the story. Uh, she's wrote a book. Um, she's worked for multiple radio stations. I guess um, I heard somewhere you're the shit once you get fired four times, and um, I don't know if you qualify for that, but I uh, I I definitely know that you've been fired fired before, <laughs> multiple times maybe. Um, you've been at multiple stations around this country, and um, you know this is my dog at the end of the day, so we gonna chop it up. Um, so please welcome to Needle to the Groove, Little D. Ah, yeah. <sighs> Woo, yeah. I ain't got sound effects, my bad dog. Oh, okay. I ain't, I ain't lit like that. That was a great intro. It was, I, I could have done better, but it was cool. I mean, uh, listen, you're the, you're the professional. <laughs> you got professional grade equipment. Um, I got regular nigga shit, but you know we gonna we gonna make it do what it do. All right. Um, well, hi, Trav Dave. How hi. Are you? I I am well. We're not gonna switch this, and you're gonna not gonna interview uh-uh, me. I was just saying how you was. Okay. I know how you do, and we're All not right. gonna start that. Okay, my bad. You right? It's your show. This is definitely needles to the groove. This is my needles show. You start your own podcast if you want to interview people. Okay. Where do you put your needle on what groove? Hey. How you determine the groove your needle go on? Hey. And just because the record got a groove don't mean it's in a groove, you heard? Mm. That's where the Stevie Wonder. That's where I got that from. Oh, okay. All right. Hi, how are you? Hi. No, I'm good. I'm feeling good. Um, it's a good day. You looking good. Thank you. I'm feeling I feel great. Um getting ready to catch a flight in a few hours, but a yes. good t- productive time in Columbus. Got a lot of things done, got a lot of sleep. Saw some people. She cool. Yeah. Um, you know, messing with my schedule today, but you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what friends are for, I guess. So we here. I'm sorry. Um, you going live? Tell your uh, followers, hey, what's popping? You know what I'm saying? She Follow said, me, I Trav hope Day. This one knows about you. Trav <laughs> underscore day. Oh, I don't don't question me, man. She you was know? here for the last one, the one who didn't know anything. Oh no. Um, we got history, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, first of all, uh, should we, should, 
How many radio stations have you worked for? Let's this just start is there. This my um, sixth. One, two, three, four. Yeah, six. Six radio stations. Uh, yeah, I started radio in 2005 in Shreveport, Louisiana. Then I went to Toledo, Ohio. Then Cleveland. And, of course, here in Columbus, Power 107.5. Then I went to Dallas at 97.9 The Beat, Radio 1 Station. I got fired. And Facts. now I'm at K104 in Dallas. So what is from 2005... To 2023, let me ask this question: How has music changed? The songs are much shorter. Like Future has a song that's a minute and forty-seven seconds, and it and it works. Um, right? Does it work? I mean, it does. But from a going to work standpoint, it's annoying as fuck. Because if you have to have enough music to get you to you know twelve minutes after the hour, and all the damn songs are a minute and a half long, you might have to search for six songs. So like from a Mechanical point of view, I hate it. Say that word again. Mechanical. Okay. All right. I hate it. But from a like club point of view, music in the car, it's fine. I feel like it'll change again at some point. Songs will be three and a half minutes again. Everything goes on a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in 2005, when you first started, do mm-hmm. you remember what the most requested record was on your first uh, pretty ricky grind um, grind with me <laughs> oh my god we're old we old as fuck yeah <laughs> uh but before they was on love and hip-hop they were actual artists no but the shit was cool because the grind with me had just came out and like shreveport was kind of late to get stuff sing, sing it for me let me grind with me hey them some in time with me you on the hook so yeah not anymore <laughs> <laughs> then one of them dudes get arrested Baby for Blue. the... Uh, Whoa! Baby Blue just got out of jail. He was yeah, scamming he had a during PPP COVID. Scam. He did. Yeah, okay, okay, uh, okay. He wrote a book. I'm trying to get him to let me transcribe it. What's good? Like, I do that too. But... Um, you do a lot, man. I do a lot. But yeah. Grind with ready. me. So, um, Chris Brown. Um, what's Which one? Whoa, me, whoa. Is that the one? Yay! Yeah. Yo. That's, that's my favorite Chris Yo. Brown song. Yo! Tell me how to get seen it, it was, was about like five minutes, minutes ago. ago. Zim, zim, zim. Listen, I, remember, I, had a I can't be a background singer, Ooh, but I used to rap. And Neo So Sick. I remember Neo So Sick was at a 12-second so intro. Song, I really learned how to do tears. radio off of those songs. Because all of them had little instrumentals in the beginning, and you would always learn to talk, and you stop talking as soon as they start. Man, I still remember that shit. Chris Brown popping has a 19-second intro before he starts singing. So... <laughs> Crazy. What does what does front selling a song sound like? Um, what does that mean? Does that does it's that when still... you, It's when you tell someone about a song that will be coming up soon. So in six minutes, I hate that shit. But coming up in six minutes, you'll hear Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion front selling because it's coming after you say it. Back selling will be the song that just came, just went off. So Cardi B just went off. That was Cardi B or whatever, whatever, and you back selling. So in 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 two thousand five, like with we we gonna nerd out on this podcast. This okay. is what I do because I'm I'm you a nerd. It's cool. I'm definitely a nerd. Um, I look good though, so it's all good. That's what I've been telling people. Um, in two thousand five, like do aver- like how important is advertisement compared to like twenty twenty three. Um, like commercials on the radio? Yeah. They are everything. And depending on what city you're in, they still are. Um, a lot of people, like, obviously there are way more ways to get to your audience now. You can open your phone and, you know. Sure, yeah. 2005, man. Ooh. 
No, you got to have a commercial. People going to the radio for their news, what's popping in the city. Like, we are the hood reporters. So, okay. yeah. Now, 2023... Um, it's crazy because the station I'm at now, they charge so much for advertisement. Like they Burp. charge way more in comparison to my other job in the same city and people pay it. So it's like, there are still various ways to attract your audience, but depending on what business you are, you still come to the radio station. One of the things that's prevalent in, especially in Texas is these damn car accident lawyer commercials. They all got jingles and they all spending thousands of dollars on advertisement on the radio. Shout out to Jamie Foxx writing the jingles. Remember Bruh. we had jingles yes. 2000 on the oh Jamie Foxx show. Swear though, like they <laughs> all have them. If you ever come to the, to Dallas, to Houston, you'll hear them stupid ass, like it'd be whole ass rap songs for like a car accident attorney. Yeah, that I remember, um, were you here in Columbus when they had the fucking, um, the the fake black and, black and yellow with the, the whiz, like, it was like mm. it was like a car like um they used to do like they had the black and yellow melody man and oh, it was like no. car insurance or something like that man I used to hate that shit. Um, it's all the rave down there. Everybody got one. Like air, it's a thing. And they be like trap music nowadays, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. That's get your money, get your money, get your... that's one. That's that's and trash. That's another one is like call me. Look, call look, it's me. ingrained. It's ingrained in your brain right now. Um, Girl, girl, you won't believe what just happened. What? I just got hit. Girl, you better go to yeah. I just got hit dot com. Okay. You almost got um, hit getting here. No, nah, so, I did. Yeah, that was bad. That's another story. Car red cowboy. Yep, that's one. Right now. <laughs> car. What? A car red cowboy. So, <laughs> what city did you start as a radio personality? Shreveport, Louisiana. I was at home. I was nineteen. Um. I had won a bunch of like freestyle contests on the radio when yeah, I was used in high to school. rap. Yeah, don't yeah. To bars. the person that uh, I know a little bit about, she used to rap. You know what I'm saying? She still used still bust a freestyle. I right did down just uh, spit some, waiting for him to put it out. But uh, I started in Louisiana. When I got to college, he was like, "You want to be on my show?" And he was a night jock, and I was like, "I guess." Literally, I I guess. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And all he said was, all right, so, you know, you just want to amplify your voice. And he goes some headphones. You're going to talk in that microphone. And then, like, That's four not... seconds later, he morphed into, like, this, this like, super being. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was so nervous That's and scared. Like, device. oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> like, just talking to the he, microphone. He thought because, Niggas like, boring. when I would battle rap people, I, I was, I morphed. And I didn't realize that's all he was doing. And so he thought I was just going to be a natural at it. And oh, shit, I was not. Yeah. I Being like, because I used to rap too. People don't understand like being like being a rapper and then just doing like a podcast. Say. I know it's the trendy thing to do because Noriega and Joe yeah. Biden, like all that shit. Yo, them niggas is already personalities that mm-hmm. were already big. Like mm-hmm. a lot of you niggas just be... Y'all don't have the personality to host a podcast. No. Like, oh, and it's like, that's okay. There are different things for mm. different people. Yeah. And trust me, a lot of podcasters hate doing podcasts. and Or it could just be me. But here we are. So, anyway. Why do you do something you hate? That sounds like self-abuse. Because um, I'm good at it, right? I think, I think I'm good at it. But, I think my shows are entertaining. But you hate it? Uh, I think it's because it's just trendy, and then all the attacks on podcasts. But little D, we're not going to turn this to interview about all right, me. So. Fine, sorry. 
So <laughs> back in 2005 for, in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, what was your biggest struggle early on? Shit, I was poor. I made seven. Well, first off, when I first started, I was working for free. I was a night job co-host for free. But when I started well, yeah, getting paid. Yeah, that always fuck up everything. When I started getting paid, it was $7 an hour. Um, and I worked, I don't know how many hours, but I know my checks after two weeks would be like $228. So obviously I had two jobs. And um, shit, um, I had enough money to borrow, to pay my mama back the $10 in gas money I used to borrow like every Wednesday. $10 in 2005 gets you half a tank. Though. Facts. That's why I borrowed it every week. <laughs> but like, I was broke as a fuck. I was just, that was a big struggle. I was broke. I couldn't nobody learn how to do radio. I had two jobs. I was in school. I would go to work, go to class, take a two-hour nap, go to work, go to sleep for like five hours, wake up and do that shit again. And where'd you go to school at? LSU. Go Tigers. Oh, I didn't know you was a, you know, with Ben Simmons and Shaquille O'Neal and all them. Yeah, I wouldn't tell you Shreveport. It's not exactly the same. Uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit cat. So okay, I, well, I got accepted to LSU, and the only reason I didn't go is because this rapper manager was like, I want to manage you. And at the time, he had an R&B group in Shreveport that, like, they was always doing shows. They was, like, getting places. I'm like, like, if he wanted to manage you, it was like, oh, shit. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to LSU Shreveport. You got one semester, and after that, I'm going to Baton Rouge. And um, the shit didn't work out. I didn't want to leave in the middle of the year. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go sophomore year. What happened second semester of freshman year was the radio job. Oh, okay, okay. So being at Streetport, the radio job happens. Did you get fired from there? No. Um, from there, I went to Toledo. How, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, All how right, so did Toledo, you get to Toledo? Because Toledo, Ohio is like... So, you know, I don't fuck with Toledo. There's a place in Texas called Toledo Bend where we go to fish. And everybody thought that was That's Toledo real country, I was going bro. To. I know. That's where everybody you go to fish, going nigga. To. Like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from a fishing trip. I caught a Bro, fish. I seen the fish. The fish was bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And that nigga was trying to seduce you with the fish, but I ain't, oh. I ain't gonna hold you. That's a whole nother oh, story. Lord. I, I watched the video, bro. I watched it twice because I was confused. But anyway, how do you get from Shreveport, Louisiana to Toledo, Ohio? And the, you know, her listeners outside of Ohio, like Toledo is like Don't do Toledo. little Detroit, my nigga. Like, oh, okay, that's true. Oh, it's an absolute fact. Like, yeah. them niggas is all the way live. Them niggas is all the way off. But like in 08, it wasn't that bad. It got real bad. Oh, you're capping right now. 08 Toledo? I mean, I was maybe because I worked at Rest in peace and that's words, nigga. I know how Toledo gets down. Like, absolutely. So, how do you get from Shreveport, Louisiana to Toledo, Ohio? Um, I was applying everywhere in the country. So, once I got to the point where I'm like, I have my own little night show, and I'm like, I'm kind of okay. This is time to do some other shit. I literally applied everywhere that I saw was hiring. Um, And I had a job lined up in Meridian, Mississippi. That sounds country. As fuck. Um, But I was ready to go. But then they they called me and they were like, we sorry, but it didn't come through. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I already told people. I damn near had a going away party. Um, What I didn't know was behind the scenes, somebody from the same company in Toledo, because their their biggest station was like Toledo for the company. He told them, no, nah, we don't want her in Mississippi. We're going to bring her to Toledo. Well, and so they hired me to be the night job. 
I don't know how. Uh, I mean, you probably would have fit in better. And I would have really wait. When I got to Toledo, they couldn't understand me. Everybody was like, "Yo, what you is she saying?" It's crazy because people in the south don't say I have an accent. They be like, "Where you from? You don't sound like you from here at all." And nah, you sound them, country. I be trying shit. to tell them like when I'm up there, they think I'm country. Down here, they think down there, they think I'm super like. Uh, where you from? You from where, girl? You from Louisiana? Where your accent? So walk me through your first day working in a radio station in Toledo, Ohio, which I'm a, I ain't gonna hold y'all. I, I have no clue what the radio station is. I ain't even know they had a radio station. Wow, well, they have two. I worked at High 97.3 um, and I was nervous. It was a Saturday. My first day was May 1st, 2008 and it was 6 to 10 p.m. And, you know, I've done radio before, but I've never not lived in Shreveport. I'm 22. I had to buy a coat because I didn't have a coat. Like, I'm... That's weird. This shit different. We ain't had no snow and shit. Like, I thought I had a coat. No, shit was a jacket. I walk in the station and I'm like, heart just... But I'm like, yo, you got this shit. You know who the fuck you are. You do this shit. You little demon. So I don't remember my first break. I just know it sounded bad. Um, I stumbled all through that motherfucker. Like, oh my God, it was awful. Um, it was just kind of high 97.3. What was it? High 97.3, number one for hip hop and R&B. And Ricky Smiley in the morning. It's Lil D in the Get Crunk Committee. Let's um, pause. <laughs> my niggas said get crunk that was the name of my uh, night show Lil D and the Get Crunk Committee I had a sound get effect that went hey and people thought it was people in the studio with me Get Crunk Committee mm-hmm. very very telling of the time yeah telling the shit out of my age yeah Get Crunk Committee and I stole that from the night show I came from in Shreveport wow the, <laughs> quick story like when we when I used to rap right and shout out to my boy Rashad he was like, uh, he was like, y'all, y'all get crunk, and I was like, no, nigga, I'm a backpacker, <laughs> like I, I don't get crunk. He was like, he was like, y'all like the Midwest get crunk, and he wanted us to be crunk, and I'm like, no, nigga, like I'm lyrical, miracle, spiritual, like I have yeah, no clue about you. getting crunk, but oh, good, it's not video. I need my beverage. Oh, uh, your your beverage is right in front of you. My phone's on now. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's yours. It's not open. I, yeah, she's bugging out right now. My phone is on that water. So in Toledo, mm-hmm. um, your first year, or did, you made it a year, right? Mm-hmm. Just want to want to be clear. So yeah, I got fired after. No, we we're not gonna talk. Your first year, like, what was your you being in Ohio? Like, what was man? It was what scary. was the experience? It like? was it was. All, it was everything. It was it, it, it's scary as fuck because I literally do not know anyone. I don't know one person. Yeah, right. Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah. And that shit. Because two thousand eight ain't like you can just Facetime and they get yeah, like like literally. I didn't the sun. I didn't see the sun for three days. And people back home didn't understand when I told them. The, no, I don't know where the sun is. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying to you. I think I moved to hell. Like you did. Um, I like. People talk different. I couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying. They'd be like, oh, no. And I'm like, girl, what? Um, People were mean. I didn't realize Southern hospitality was a real thing until I left the South. Uh, I told a girl I like her shoes, and she went, so? Like, I was like, what the bitch, huh? 
Um, but then it was also dope because it was like, hey, who is that country ass girl on the radio, bro? She she kind of funny. And I started realizing, like, yo, you you kind of good at this shit. I remember somebody told me that their daughter looked up to me because she was dark skinned. And well, that's amazing. I'm like, yo, this is more than just talking. Like, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It was it was everything. Um, what was the what was it like dealing with like? Don't y'all got like a program director and shit? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not in the radio people, so I'm sorry. Uh, you know, um, but like dealing with a program director. Like, don't y'all got to be on the same, like, energy and same type of vibe? Or uh, them niggas like, is just, like, managers, like... It's kind of like any other job. Sometimes yeah, that's, what, that's boss, what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, like, sometimes you get a boss and you really fuck with them. Like, and because you fuck with them, what you need me to... For sure, I got you. Ain't no problem at all. That's my nigga, bitch. Sometimes you get a boss where you're like, ah, this whole ass nigga, I'm just going to work. Leave me the fuck alone. Ugh. My boss and our bosses are called program directors. They're usually the people who put the music in the computer. So depending on how long you've been in radio, you might have some some uh, issues with the way they program music or with the way they run the station. You know, you might have an idea for an event and they don't fuck with it or everything they do is corny as fuck. Right, you right. Know? So it, it just, in Toledo, I was still new. This is my first full-time job. I don't know shit. But I remember specifically, I used to go by the mouth of the South. And when I moved to Toledo, he was like, well, you're not in the South anymore. What if Mm. we call you the mistress of the Midwest? I was like, no. That's kind of whack. Yeah, I was like, I'll just be a little D. Um, It's cool. I ain't ain't your mistress, motherfucker. Yeah, like the fuck. (laughs) And he he really, so like. I ain't your mistress. He he was okay. But I had an assistant program director named Barbara. I wonder if Barbara's still there. Oh, bitch. So Barbara was from Louisiana, and I forgot what part. Oh, so y'all had that little bond? No, that's what she used to say every time she'd be on some bullshit. She'd be like, we birthed from Louisiana. What do you mean I don't like you? Barb never liked me. The thing is, I knew more than her. I was well-trained. I knew how to do commercials. I knew how to do all the things for myself, and she did not, even though she was literally like the assistant manager. And so she had... She just didn't fuck with me. And I even said to her, I'm like, listen, I know you don't like me. That's fine. But we work together. I'm just trying to, like, if I ask something, like, I just want to know if I'm doing it right. Can we just, can we please just work together? And instead of her being like, you know what, you're right. I don't fuck with you, but you're right. We both work here. Let's whatever. She was more so like, what? No. Uh, and so she got me fired. So um, Bar- Barbara was black? Yeah. She wow. drove a purple Saturn. Wonder if she still got it. Nigga, in 2008, if she still got a 2008 Purple Saturn, God bless her soul. She was a bitch. I mean, bad things happen to people who are shitty, so I don't know. <coughs> so, <laughs> talk about the day that you got fired. <laughs> All right, so we weren't allowed to have social media at the station. Like We couldn't have a station my So, your, your MySpace wasn't popping? Uh-uh. I mean, mine was, but like the radio station couldn't have any social media. He was just against it for whatever reason. That's weird. I know, right? And we kept trying to tell him, like, dude, we losing. Like, we need to have a station Twitter or like a station, you know. But anyway, so I had tickets to see John Legend. That was like my giveaway from my night show. And so I put on my Facebook, I got tickets to see John Legend. And she printed out the Facebook page and sent it to the owner That's of the hate. company and said that I was trying to sell the tickets we was giving away. Well, yeah, that's that's big hate. And they believed her? Yeah. 
So what they they call? <laughs> they call me the office and they asked me about it. And Get I was the like, "Fuck out of here, little D." I was like, "They." She had like the whole page printed out, and she was like, "You're trying to sell tickets that we're giving away." And I was like, "We're not allowed to have a social media," so I was just trying to use mine to promote my show. And I'm like, and I don't know why I didn't think to say this. I thought about it later. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you tell them to go back through all your Facebook statuses? Because all the fucking statuses was like. Hit me up tonight. I got tickets to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? This raggedy bitch. I think I was just ready to go. Yeah. So what was the move? I mean, you in a you in a city that you don't know nobody. I mean, I'm sure you build relationships, but it's like, damn. After 16 months, you get fired. Like, so what's the move? What's the it's move? crazy. I have built such <coughs> real. My best friend still in Toledo. Um, God bless. Some of my favorite closest people are still in Toledo. Um, Lord but, protect them people, please. I'm weak, but so so in that time I hustled. I was doing like if rappers didn't have DJs, I would put together like their show CD for them with the blank specs <laughs> in it, sound effects. Nigga, swear she puff, bruh. <laughs> but I like all that shit. Like I would have a little transition so you would know when it's time for your next song to come on. And I did show CDs for artists. And I, I listen. <laughs> I'm gonna always find a hustle. And so I did that shit. Um, I tried to sell insurance. I ain't sell one policy. Um, uh, obviously, I was. You too honest, so I probably wouldn't buy insurance. I know because you probably be at the door like, look, this shit really fucked up. But I just need some money. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't buy insurance from you because you you always just too you too the fuck honest. It was weird. Like I felt it was weird. Like, I lie for a living, but I can't, like, lie to actual... I lie about, like, the requests I'm going to play and shit like that. I yeah. I can't lie to you about, like, your life savings and shit. You ain't never lie to like me that. just to be lying. Yeah, like, I'm like, not built that way. I be trying to tell you. Fuck with my morals. You mean, but lying is different. Yeah. Like, right. I can't... But, yeah. um, And uh, then I finally got a job in Cleveland. Oh, one thing I did consistently was an entertainment report. The word I heard, entertainment report. That's where that came from. Every single week. Yep. The name of my okay. entertainment report in Toledo was the word I heard. And so when I got fired, I'm like, why aren't you doing videos? And so I'll use like Windows Movie Maker. That's how long ago that was. That's a long time ago. Hell yeah. You're old as fuck. I'm old as fuck. I just look like this. You look good. Thank you. Hi, boo. Uh-huh. Um, but the entertainment reports, I was like, you should do like a video air check. Fuck doing a regular air check. I spent two or three days sending my shit to every single program director in the country of like a hip hop station. And the only person who hit me back was the guy who ran Cleveland. Go figure. And <laughs> you went from hell to like another section of hell. But. Oh, we way colder, way meaner. But he gave me a chance. He let me audition and he created a position for me. So I was on air one day a week, but I was also, what do you call it? The social networking assistant. Some shit that like nowadays is a regular ass Like a regular, regular as hell. But I did like post the stories to the website and ran, scheduled their Twitter. Damn. So that, uh, what year was that? 2011. I wound up homeless. I was working at the station, but like I it wasn't enough money for my bills. So... Um, I got evicted. My boss, my program director at the station, Toledo, was also my landlord. <laughs> well, that's fucked up. But, I mean, I, I fucked with him because I couldn't pay my rent for three months, and he never legally evicted me. He just texted me and was like, listen, I can't carry you no more. You got 30 days. I ain't going to go to the court, but basically you got to get the fuck out. He showed love. Yeah, like real shit on a business aspect. I got to respect it. 
I be wanting to tell my niece she got 30 days, but, you know, I ain't never going to kick her out. But I be wanting to say that shit. Yeah, I wasn't making her no money. And you probably had somebody else get in the house. <laughs> but um, I feel him. And so it was like we're going back to Louisiana. Me going back home was never an option. It was like, how else can I stay up here? Because I just got another job after being unemployed for like a year and 10 months. I'm supposed to quit again? Nah, hell no. Nah. And my daddy was like, you can come back home. And I was like, if I come home, I'll be out of radio again. But... And, you know, besides the jokes, like, in real talk, like, at least, you know, your dad gave you that. Real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. Real shit. Because you could have you could have literally just given up on your dream and. Been working at a call center. Yeah. And, some AC. And you would, you know, no telling, you know, obviously we don't know where your life would have went, but you could have been comfortable. Yeah. And you stayed in an uncomfortable situation. And yeah. Like I was trying to, I always try to tell people, like, it was a choice. My house didn't burn down. I was left, like, none of that shit happened. I chose. I chose. Because I, ch- I knew if I would have gone home, I'd have been so unhappy and so depressed and so miserable. I got to yeah. figure this shit out. Something out here got to work. And people don't understand the power of choice. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's very, like, an uh, underrated thing, the power of choice. Like, you can choose, you know what I'm saying? You could choose to grind or you could choose to chill or you could choose to do nothing. You could choose to sit still. Like, I don't think people that's understand. That's just grind. Well, you know, I was nice. <laughs> I was nice with the pen. I ain't going to hold you, but... I, I think a lot of people don't understand the power of choice. So with you choosing to stay, um, you know, I know your homeless situation, and I'm sure your uh, followers and listeners know your homeless situation, but how did, like, what was the process like in Cleveland? You went from one day a week to, like, did you eventually end up getting more time on the air? Oh, uh, you don't come out the earrings? My, it was hurting my ear, oh, and we we're shit. not on video, so I was like, why do I well, have Well, yeah. Uh, got them big-ass Mary J hoops in, nigga. I don't even like earrings. And your hair is nice, the little oh, J. All right, let's earrings. get back. Focus. Um, So I was on air Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon, starting out, and then they started trusting me more. Like, wait, you know how to edit video? Oh, shit. And, oh, you sound kind of good. Okay, can you fill in for middays this day? Can you fill in for afternoons? Rodiga going on vacation. Can you do four days? And so, um, eventually, I wound up being on air from midnight to 6 a.m. It was That's a long-ass time. It was pre-recorded. Well, but it was Monday to Friday nights. So, it was pre-recorded. I wasn't really there, but... It was dope because I was able to say, I'm on Z1079 Monday through Friday from midnight to six. Yeah. We had a summer jam and it was, uh, when we had our new boss come in, he made everything so much bigger, like arenas. So wherever the Cavs play, the Q uh, arena. So we had a summer jam and he had everybody's names and their times on the big screen and he had my shit up there. That was fire. Midnight to six. And it was like... Damn, like you don't he have to do that. He was on a jumbo, jumbo Yeah, like I'm part-time. I don't really count with everybody else. Like you didn't have to do that. So it was dope. Cleveland really made me. I learned so much shit there. Just how to hustle, how to dress a little better, how to go outside, how to use your brain to make a check. Real quick. <laughs> I always... There's always a debate about Columbus and Cleveland dressing rise, but I don't even want to do that one. It is? How, yes. What's the debate? Like, Cleveland people think Columbus people can't dress. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't believe that. Well, obviously I'm biased because I live in Columbus. Um, I think just Cleveland people love designer more. And they think just because they got on designer, they dress better. And that's not absolutely true. I think Cleveland people have more swag, uh, especially when it comes to the winter fashion. I think I'm a, Cleveland going to put that shit on every time. Um, I'm going to give us a clue. Because to me, Columbus dresses more like 1990s New York. No, hell no. Fuck out of here. Niggas don't wear Averexes and shit like that. Like 1990 New York, nigga. Right. But Cleveland, they're going to they gonna be trendy. They're going to do whatever's popping right now because they want to have that we a big city type look. I I feel like, like I said, I feel like a Cleveland nigga's a lot of... My best friend's from East Cleveland. He's from EC. Oh. And I always laugh at that nigga because he always wears sunglasses in he the nightclub. He's from EC. That don't count. They don't even, they don't even want to well, even merge you know, with regular he, Cleveland. They he, want you to know they're a different city. You know, he was a big time. You know, he was in the streets. So yeah, whatever, but he not, EC not Cleveland. That's the only Cleveland I know. I, all the rest of them niggas is Jake, as they say up there. Oh, Lord. Um, But how was the fashion between Toledo and Cleveland? Oh, like, shit. When I was in Toledo, <laughs> I made a song, and it was like, How do niggas dance in the skinny-ass pants? Cause, um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but like, nah, they were still wearing like Fubu and Jabot jeans with the straps in Toledo. Oh, we used to make fun Tough. of them. We used to make Tough. fun of them. Um, it was bad. They couldn't dress worth a shit. Um, but that's why when I moved to Cleveland, I learned a little more about like swag and just little fashion, little shit. Keep a pair of heels in your car because you never know. And, um, yeah, no, there's no comparison. I love Toledo, <laughs> not not for their clothes. So. You said uh, something that I think is important that still resonates in Cleveland, um, the summer jams they have. Mm -hmm. They really treat their summer jams like, oh, yeah, we're a big city. We're a big station. Yeah. We're going to bring big artists through. And they show love to the local artists, too, where, you know, I don't want to get in the back and forth of Bash in Columbus, but Columbus don't do that. Or, or we just don't have the artists to do that. So what was, like, the summer jam experiences for you in Cleveland? It was really fun. It was my first time being at, like, a big show with, like, 10,000 people. Like, the whole crowd. Like, all these people here. I'm going to get on this stage. I'm going to say something on this microphone with, like, big artists who are, like, number one right now on the charts. Not, like, was number one 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, you know them from such and such. Like, nah, niggas know them. Like, they saw them playing. That shit was, you want to talk about, like, big city, nervous as fuck, like, wow, you feel like you made it. The shit's cool. And it's cool that, like, you'll have, see artists like Ray Jr., who is from Cleveland, but, like, doing shit, popping, got Getting this love. going on. And he, he's on Sipping the flyer. Sipping on chilling with my Yeah, that shit just came. Uh, 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 but I'm leaving here sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. I'm leaving here sloppy. Can't but I'm leaving here sloppy. Oh, that's my shit. Shout out to Ray Jr. Shout out to Ray Jr. He sponsored my first event in Cleveland. Yeah, I fuck with Ray Jr. Straight up. Um, but like it was cool. It was it was everything about it was like cool. Like especially when Bill Black came to Cleveland, he made it a point to just make everything like he came from Atlanta, and so he was oh, okay, okay, okay. Everything is cool, big city. We need to look good. Fuck a regular station T-shirt. Nah, nigga, put a jersey on. Let's make this shit look like that. Get you a crop top. Like it was it was dope. It was really really dope. Right. So would you say that was your first experience with? Um, 
quote unquote a big production. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the, in the radio that, business. Before that, my biggest one was a station. It was a concert in Toledo, Ricky Smiley and Fantasia. Nah. And you know, that was cool. Big sleepy. Yeah, like that was my biggest one yet. So when I came here in this big shine, like, you gonna see Ricky Smiley it's like big shine. Like, nah. Machine Gun Kelly when Wild Boy had just came out. Oh yeah, like I got to interview Big Shine and telling me smell good, and I was like, oh my god. Ain't me you I know? smell good. I'm jealous, but anyway. Um, so I was drunk when I walked in. Smell like alcohol, but anyway, uh, yeah, Big Shine was a. That's like 2011, yep. 12. Like, yeah, Big Sean was just taking off, mm-hmm. just signed to Kanye. Um, like you said, Machine Gun Kelly, you know, him be actually becoming like the beginnings of him becoming a star out of Cleveland, which is, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. And they love him. Like, oh, he really got out yeah, they, they they definitely love him. Shout out to his management. They've always been super cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, what? Was Steph lost on the radio in uh-huh. Cleveland at? Shout out to man, Steph, man. because Steph Floss is oh my god, bruh. <laughs> Steph, people hate on Steph so much to be like he's so arrogant. And I'm like, but he can back all that shit up. Steph's Absolutely. like the nicest person ever. He's he's nice. He's kind. Um, you know, obviously, running with Bronze Camp makes it. Um, from the outside in, it can look like they're arrogant and you know what I'm saying assholes. Mm-hmm. But they've always been nice and kind to me. They always show love. You know, they always made sure whenever I showed up for any event that they, um, you know, that they held it down. So um, how important with 12 to 6, like, what was your what was your audience like? Because you're, you're catching the, the truckers and the late night people. That shit, I was asleep. I don't know who was listening to that shit. Oh, where? It was like, pre-recorded. Did you reports or nothing? It was pre-recorded. That was your numbers. No, ratings don't count after midnight. Where? Yeah. Oh, you just really just taught me something. Mm-hmm. So, so like, now when you're in bigger cities, um, there's somebody live there every shift. This depends on it. But, like, in Cleveland, no. He just let me do that so I could be heard every night. So I will get to the station by eight. But did you have a script you had to follow? No. Yeah. You talk about whatever's going on in entertainment. Um, so let's see. I don't know what the fuck wow, was going I on. I did back not then. know that. That's let's fire. See. I'm making this shit up. Um Lil D was drunk in Columbus, Ohio. Sure. Wilding out. And so like if that was a story on Instagram, you know, you would just whatever song you come out of, pretend that you're live and that was whatever song and bro, did you see Lil D on High Street? That shit was crazy. Blah blah blah. All right, well I'll tell you more about it after this Cardi B boom boom is Z one oh seven nine. Damn, and I did not know that. After like twenty minutes, I will be done pre recording my little six hour shift. I get paid for a, one hour. Uh, I got like thirty hours a week. Damn. And I work for Philly. So what uh what hours did you actually record your show? Like you just came into the studio like yeah, eight thirty because right. you you wouldn't be in an actual studio you'd be in a production room next door. Okay okay okay, so like so like the the music is done usually the afternoon before, um like it's nobody is sitting there going like hmm let's play this song then I'm gonna play that song oh shit I'm gonna kill him with that song a computer puts everything together See. all songs are in different categories and so. 
there'll be an order. If it's like power, recurrent, new, it'll pull a song from the power category, pull a song. The production, the program director's job is to make sure that it makes sense. So if your Drake song is your power, you can't have an old Drake song come next. You'll switch that out yourself. And so that shit takes an hour to do. So let's nerd out real quick. Um, what I've learned and heard over the years and just, you know, even when uh, I used to come check y'all out at the radio station, like, they say, like, all right, you want to break a new song, but you got to sandwich that shit. What, what, what does that mean exactly? Like, sandwiching a, a song. Putting it in between two familiar songs so that people hopefully don't tune out when they hear the new one. Um, DJs might do that. We don't do that shit. Because it's not our job to program the music. It's my job to talk shit in between the music. So what is the difference between uh, what King does and what you do? King is a DJ. And so he takes, he chooses his own records, spins them, and plays them in an order that makes sense doing the eerie, eerie type shit. The eerie, um, eerie type <laughs> But it's my Word. job to go into a radio station with music that's pre-programmed, stop the music, talk shit, be entertaining, and then get back to it. So y'all had two different titles. Correct. That's he's a DJ. I'm a radio personality. That's why I always used to be like, bro, let me DJ on my show and fucking with him because I'm not a DJ. So is that the difference between like Charlemagne and Envy? Yeah. Like Envy's also a personality because he's on the show, but yeah. when Envy is rocking a party, he's being a DJ. Damn man. So when you were in Cleveland, uh, did you have any hosting gigs? Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. Um, and, you know, it took a while, um, but I hosted um, the live broadcast on a radio station on Saturdays downtown. They First, they gave it to the night jock, and it was crazy. Because then I, I used to be in this, this space where, like, I would take everything personally, like, if it wasn't mine. Like, why didn't you give it to me? Because I'm the best of Bush. But... They gave it to her, and they didn't like it because she was boring. And so they asked me to try it on Saturday. She couldn't host. But anyway, um, <laughs> so they let me try one Saturday, and I killed you that shit. trash. And I was there for like the next year and a half. I only left because I moved to Columbus. All right, so let's get into that. Why the fuck did you come to Columbus, Ohio? Shout out to my city. Oh, hey, try and all that good shit. But yeah, why uh, the fuck? I was part-time in Cleveland. And so, um, like, I, you, the goal is to be full-time. Give me a contract. Give me a salary. Give me some benefits. I was applying everywhere, just not getting jobs. And someone who worked in Cleveland and had moved to Columbus, same company, called me and was like, you want a job? And I'm like, where? And he said, Columbus, Ohio, as a morning show producer. And I remember I cried. Because I knew I had to take the job because it's going to look good on paper. But I didn't want to go. Why? Like, have you ever been to Columbus before that? Like, I have been once. Um, it you was, it you was, ain't like us? Columbus gives me very much corporate America, good to raise a family. This is a great industry, depending on what industry you're in. But I'm yeah, very cost black. Yeah, industry. I'm ghetto. I'm hood. Yes, you it are. it wasn't me. Um, Very ghetto. But also, I didn't want to produce a morning show. I'm the star. I want to be on that motherfucker. But I knew I had to take the job. I'm like, it looks good on paper. I've been applying everywhere. It's been three and a half years. You need to go get this back. So I never really wanted to come. And so my outlook was never going to be positive. 
Oh, I mean, I, we don't have to go down that road because mm-hmm. I done went down that road with you a million times. Damn, every time I talk to you because I'm still traumatized. But I'm sorry. What the it fuck? It was me. It wasn't you. <laughs> That's funny. One of those answers. Um, what year did you end up in Columbus, Ohio? I got there at the beginning of 2015. I think my first day was January 4th or like whatever that Monday was after New Year's. Damn. And uh, who was the program director? Big Bink. Um, <laughs> shout out to Big Bink. He in Dallas now. Is he? Yeah, funny story. Um, <laughs> Bink. Yeah, the morning show is Big Bink and Misty Jordan. Shout out to Misty Jordan. Yeah, she's, where is she? North Carolina or some shit. Yeah, I don't over know. there somewhere. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was their morning show producer and I was a night job. And it's crazy because King almost uh, quit. He was at the station a little bit before me and they weren't using him for anything. He was like running the board and pushing buttons. And he called me and he was like, hey, man, this shit is not what I thought it was. Like, I could be getting money right now. Like, I'm a DJ. And I was like, listen. One thing about King, he going to get, get that up. goddamn money. Bag, And I was bag. like, look, if you could just hold on, I think they finna hire me. If they give me this job, I'm going to tell them I want you to DJ every, all my mixes, like, period. And that's what I did. How, how did you and uh, Mr. King's uh, relationship? I met this nigga when I was homeless. Um, in Toledo, living in a motel, no Cleveland yet. Was on, oh, I was doing entertainment reports, and Toledo had like this big conference where like artists would come. Well, big, Toledo big. But anyway, Toledo big. So it's like my house right now. Oh, doing, so. but anyway, they had this conference, and like all Shout the DJs would Toledo. come and network. And I saw, I met him there. I was getting drops from all the different artists. Okay. And he was like, DJ, Miss King, something, something. Don't put me on that shit. Don't put me on there and be talking shit about me. I know how you do. And that was like 2011. King is the best. Yeah. Shout out to King. So you, you get to Columbus. What is your first thoughts of the city? I'm very curious in this shit. It's very white. Um... It was the streets were so smooth. Oh my God. Coming from Cleveland, it's I was clean. like, damn, ain't no potholes. This shit nice. These old smooth ass roads. And we ain't got um, a bunch of hills. Like Good air. Like you could breathe the shit. Coming from Cleveland, it was like fresher, cleaner, friendlier, but also the people were different. I think I got to Cleveland and I got used to people being mean and like fast you mean. and yeah, so shit. That makes and- sense. <laughs> I got so used to it that when I got here and people were kind of friendly, it threw me off. And I'm like, the fuck is going on? This ain't Ohio? And it was it was weird. And I had to kind of readjust again. Like, wait, no, they're a little nicer here. And then when I went out, I was like, this the club? This how y'all just... To me, Columbus is a bigger, wider Shreveport. It's a place where I can go, chill, have a beer, kick it, play dominoes, smoke a blunt, and get home safely at night. But well, if I want to go, that's to always like, the goal. If I so. want to go, like do my Hollywood fake shit, I can't do that here. Now you know my my theory. Like when people in Columbus have events where you got to dress up, right? Mm-hmm. And then they get mad that you don't you don't go, right? My theory is this: I'm like, listen, my nigga, why would I see you on a Saturday? All dressed up when I can see you at a Taco Tuesday dressed down, my nigga. Like, I'm gonna see the same crowd at a Taco Tuesday that I'm gonna see at a dressed up event. Like, nigga, I'm not. In Dallas, if I ain't going out that weekend, hey, I just ain't. That ain't it. In Dallas, our dress down is still gonna be a little dressed up. 
Well, I mean, Dallas is a major city. Columbus is, like you said, this is a family city. And to be real with you, that's another thing about me. Even when I was in Shreveport, I always used to, like, look up New York shit. And I always wanted, like, this big city. I didn't even know what it looked like, but I knew I wanted to be in, like, a big city and do big city people shit. And so... Cleveland was my first taste of what a big city could be like. Yeah. So when I got here and it wasn't like that, I was let down. So it wasn't that Columbus is whack. It was that I was expecting it to be something it wasn't. Yeah, Columbus is definitely um, very different from Cleveland, very different from Cincinnati. I, um, I would I would have a family here over Cleveland, though. Yeah, because there's like like you said, there's there's infrastructure here and there's mm-hmm. there's a Hella choices for career goals. Yeah, and Ohio Um, State's here. So it's always, you know, big go bucks over here. So, um, yeah, you know how we do. Uh, I mean. That's all y'all give a fuck about. I know that in high schools. Um, Absolutely. Y'all got that in common with Toledo. LSU don't don't, don't get no shine, niggas. I don't care about college sports. I ain't give a fuck about um, none of that OH, Ohio State shit. I'm like, you 70s still talking about your high school. Saints ain't do nothing either, nigga. I don't watch football. And I'm from Shreveport. Shit, I'm a Laker fan, nigga. That's all I know. Oh, well. We don't have to talk about them. Well, you know. That's another story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, look like the Celtics about to do what the fuck the Lakers couldn't. Go ahead. They they cheated. They cheated and won last night. You know, um, I seen the, I seen the tape. You know what I'm saying? But you know, uh-huh. um, shout out to the Lakers still. And uh, you know, I ain't a Bron fan, so. You sound like my daddy. He's a lifelong Laker fan, but don't like the uh, but don't like LeBron. Uh-huh. I'm like, what LeBron do to you? I just uh-huh. don't like him. Like, what? I'm a Kobe Bryant fan, so. Um, in Columbus, what was like? What was like a, a typical day at the station like for you? Ooh, yeah. Oh shit! Oh shit! She yawning. She Sorry. bored. Nah. Um. So. When I produce the morning show, I would have to wake up at what? I woke up at four. 05, got to the session at 445. Hey, everybody's shit printed out. Um, Look at you. Man, no, because all they let me do was print out their papers. She was, Missy was so goddamn jealous that she didn't, she made a call to some people and they told me I couldn't talk till 8 o'clock. Truth is true. After the first day, I don't she really went, know her, so. She was like, I was told you weren't going to talk, bitch. But anyway, so I I'm not editing none of this, so. I don't care. Me I would either. print out their papers, uh, have like their show prep together. I wrote, wrote all the features for their shows or what for like you know the things that they did or whatever. Um, do the morning show, put together their promos for them. When the morning show is over at ten a.m., I'll then pre-record my night show. So I'll be at the station until about twelve thirty or one p.m. Go home, take a nap. Who shit? Um, but when the morning show ended and we got Ricky Smiley and I was just a night jock, they cut my salary. So then a typical day was wake up, go teach at the Ohio Media School, get off. You definitely take, did that. Yeah. Get off, take a nap, go be the night jock from 7 p.m. to midnight, get off, take a nap, wake up, and go to media school. How, how was the media school? Like, you know, um, with podcasting, I've been doing podcasting for a long-ass time. Um but, like, I always thought about, should I go to the media school just to get some proper training? Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like the school was 
like worth it or like because people like I know people I know a couple people that graduated from there or whatever got their certificates and you know I think that from someone who taught there a lot of the curriculum I had to make up myself because I was actually in radio and I'm like we don't do this anymore this is all um sometimes you get teachers there who only taught a certain kind of radio or who haven't done radio in so long that they don't understand that this shit is dated. Like, even to telling people, like, it's a demo. It's not a demo. It's an air chick. Damn. Little shit like that. And so, like, I spent a lot of time teaching them how to network. Like, this is how we do it. Go to this website. Go to that website. When you go here, you can see these things. This is how you send an email. When you hit him up, sound, you know what I mean? So, like... I think that is good as far as you can get internships while you're there. You can make connections with people while you're there. You can ask questions because now you can say, look, I'm a student. I'm taking it seriously. But don't just rely on the education from a media school to teach you radio. Where do you um, you have any interest in teaching still? Like, why? Um, Nigga, you good at it. Thanks. You good at speaking publicly like. Child. I'm sure you could teach some people. I, eh, me too. Well, so um, I'm working on my website <laughs> where I, I have broadcast students for air check consultations. I have like, I can help present and aspiring jocks learn to put together air checks and help them. Um, you got me doing air checks. I could. I've gotten three people radio jobs, but as far as like a classroom a setting, job. no. Cool. Y'all don't get paid enough. Yeah, like I'm, I'm straight. It takes a lot. It, I've been in radio 18 years. Yeah. You do a lot of shit before you're like, oh shit, I could charge this and y'all don't care. But yeah, before you get, I've been trying to tell people, like, this isn't that thing you go to and you're like, bam, 80 bands and that shit. Like, no. Yeah, bro. I think, and you, and you tell me, because obviously you're in the business, I think in, in today's, like, in the past, let's say seven years, um, since the Breakfast Club blew up, I think everybody thinks mm-hmm. that shit is like, I want to be Charlemagne, and I'm going to say wild shit, and I'm going to get a job, and I want to be Yee, and I'm going to be Envy, and you know what I'm saying? Or the other big names we know, obviously, is Flex, and Angie Martinez, mm-hmm. or Big Boy on the West Coast. like. And all the people you named been in radio for over 20 years. I'm, Angie been in radio 30 years. I, you, know, you know, I love Angie, but I like, think... They paid dues. Yeah, the, the perception the, is it's that easy, though, right? Don't let right? the internet fool you. Charlemagne, I started listening to him when he was Wendy Williams' co-host. Before he was when he was Wendy Williams' co-host on the radio, he wasn't getting a check. Like Facts. Wendy said, "I ain't got no money for you, but you can stay with me." Yeah. In New York City, when he's from South Carolina. Yeah. So, like, the perception is, the perception with radio from the outside is. Y'all have the best gig. Y'all can play mm-hmm. whatever music y'all want. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever the shit you want to say on that mic. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem programmed. Mm-hmm. Maybe because y'all so good at your job that when you, the way y'all deliver it don't seem programmed. But mm-hmm. that shit is all false. Brent, yeah, 98% of what you just said is a whole ball-headed lie. Um, <laughs> the music is already put in there. It's not my job to do that. Like... Will I add music every day? Yes, if I need time wise. Like, yeah. but it's not my job to be like, or if I see some bullshit finna play, like I'm not finna play this song. I'm switch that shit. Yeah. Out. But that's because like I know what I'm doing now. I can do that shit. Um, say what I want. 
to a point. I'm not going to get on the radio and be like, yo, I just had the worst fries from this fast food restaurant that might want to give me a check in six months. Yeah. No, the fuck I won't. You know what I mean? But um, there's a way to say everything. Um, damn, what did I do the other day? Top five ways to waste your time. And I was like, with your ex. A podcast? Um, but I said something like, um, you know it's not going anywhere, but at least you can <laughs> and like you can do that in Dallas so like it's it's a way <laughs> you're perfect that's <laughs> but like you can do little shit like that like you know I'm still me but every, radio is a performance like every time you turn on the microphone for those 30-40 seconds you're performing and yeah. so I might not tell you everything I feel but I'm gonna tell you how Lil D feels in a Lil D way cause Lil D make the money and um, also what I noticed is like being funny online doesn't translate to being funny on mic. Oh, no. It's a whole different kind of timing. There is no cut. Put this shit together. Mm. Do it this way. Let me set up. Yeah. You got 30 seconds. This shit live. Now it's a lot of people who aren't even live and still be sounding fucked up. But, yeah, no. Uh, when you press play, that's it. And if your comedic timing is off, it's going to sound like it. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Like, um you know, even with Charlemagne, he he's so witty, he's so mm-hmm. quick. And then you would see people that were funny online, and he would give him a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, even on his TV shows, he would give him a shot, and it just wouldn't translate over. Like my nigga, you got time to edit your your tweet and yep. think about that shit for twenty minutes before you tweet it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's so, like internet comedians. Like, yeah, man. It's different when you on that microphone and here you are in real time. That's why I be telling Jock, stop pre-recording your shift. Stop going in there, pressing record, and then putting this shit together. You don't sound good. You sound rehearsed. What If you think if you go a million times getting this shit perfectly, what you going to do at the station concert? Yeah. So that that's one thing like I admire about you, um, you know, especially your time here in Columbus when I was around you a lot. Is is like you never forced it. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of people like, you know what I'm saying? Like Yo, you, you can just radio, tell, man. like, nigga, you forced the hell out of that shit. Yeah, where buddy. you know, whether you was being funny or silly, like you would say some truthful shit, but you would say it in like you said, a little a little D way. That's still me. <laughs> um, I have been in radio ten years by the time I got here. Okay. So I kind of just kind of, you know, you you learn to develop your personality the more you do it. Right, right. And by the time I got here, I was just like, okay. In my mind, I was like, nobody's looking at me for how I look, so I, it's just going to be full first. I thought you full was cute, but you, know, you hated me. So. Thank you. I hated myself. It wasn't no. you. But. When did you decide to, because in my mind, you decided to write the book while you were here. Um, or you decided to take action. Yeah, my homegirl Haviland, she's an actress who lived here. She wrote a book, and people have always said, you should write a book, and that's crazy, and what? But she was the one that was like, you should write a book. And, like, you know, sometimes you need that person, that right person to tell you. Yeah. And when she said it, I was like, but I don't know where to start. Here's how you start. Next. All right, shut the fuck up and do it. And I did it. I finished it in Dallas on my balcony in December. And I only did that shit because I wanted to be able to say I was on my balcony when I finished the book. It was fucking cold. Well, but um, I was on my balcony. Sounds storybookish. Right? So. That's why I did it. But yeah, I finished it in Dallas. And it was it was kind of symbolic to finish it there. I was happier. 
you know, so it was cool. Yeah, and I know uh, Charlemagne did the forward to your book. And uh, when you were doing your book tour, you came to Columbus, and guess who she hit up, guys? Because I was like, I don't, I don't know the fuck why, but you know, because you're a good host, I knew you were gonna do great when you hosted my party, my event. So that was dope. Um, More books in the chamber. Yeah, part two is going to be about Cleveland. Part three is about Columbus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and part four is about Dallas, but I guess it's still You need to put the, right. I ain't going to say it, but you need to put the two incidents in Columbus involving me helping you. You're so light-skinned. I am. I'm, I'm going to let you know every time because you was mean as fuck and I was still there for you. Mean, mean as fuck. I was mean, but mean as fuck. Is Sometimes like, you were mean as fuck. I was mean, but you were also mean. No, you I was, to me one time. I was defensive because my feelings was hurt, and I'm light skinned and you I'm, sensitive. Yeah, I'm a Pisces. No, I'm definitely that. Yeah, because you was mean to me one time, and I was like, "Dang, I wasn't even being mean. That's fucked up." I, I you hurt mean, my feelings. You hurt my feelings, but here we are. So, you left Columbus in 2018. 2018, and. Did you did you know that you wanted to go back down south or I I didn't really care. Um I think my spirit knew like you get tired of getting on a plane to hug your parents. You get tired of getting on a plane to go bury people and then having to come right back cuz you got to go work yeah. one day. Um but for me I was just like I want to be somewhere like where am I going? I just need to get to the check, the bigger bag, the like whatever type shit. Um but I was here and I was I wasn't applying for any more Radio 1 jobs because I was just like Cleveland, Columbus, like they're not fucking with me. They don't like how I look. Like, fuck it. I move around to another company. I DM'd a chick named Vita Loca in Dallas only because she did radio in Shreveport too and I knew her. Half my family lives in Dallas and I was like, y'all really look up to you and whatever. Aww. And she was like, you know we looking for a midday job at her station in Dallas. I don't know this woman from anybody and she didn't have to tell me that and so I applied and when they flew me down for the interview she they introduced me to everybody and she hopped up like Lil D never met this woman in my life and she ran my shit down to everybody y'all she is so dope she in Ohio doing this and this and I'm like wow um I just knew I wanted to get to a big city and Dallas you can be syndicated from there and that's my goal like Tom Joyner was downstairs like first floor running to him all the time on the elevator type shit old ass nigga but like that's you ain't asked for a cruise or nothing my nigga no I was asking for advice can I have your like the fuck what's your email address can I send you I some shit cruise, nigga. fuck that cruise I'm trying to get the bag I want the check Tom can I stop he's still alive oh. yeah he just retired a couple right. years ago just check it he's the cru- cruise, they on the cruise right now I wanna go on a cruise my nigga like well, shit tap in so when would you um being in Dallas Finally, bigging in that big. Finally, being in that big city market, mm-hmm. um, with the expectations that you had coming to Columbus, and it wasn't that. Did you have expectations of Dallas? Man, or? half my family's from there. Dallas been my second home since I was little, and so <laughs> it was crazy because, like, when you're in Shreveport, Dallas is the closest big city. It's three hours away. New Orleans is five hours away. And so, for a lot of people, if you make it to Dallas, like, you made it. And so, I'm in Dallas niggas be having sh- sh- shags and shit in the back, yeah, right? Yeah, country-ass shit. Yeah, yeah. weird-ass shit. Um, and it's only, like, a part of a section of Dallas that do that country-ass shit. Oh, okay. But, um, 
like I thought for me in my mind, Dallas was still that place it was before I went to Ohio. Like it was still like the big city and all this all oh, popping shit. And then I got here and I was like, damn, y'all country is fuck. Y'all was this country before I left. K one oh four. Like why are you saying four instead of four? Um, we right her, right where? Right her. And after being up in Ohio for Sounds 10 weird. years, I was like, damn, y'all country. But you start to realize that a big city is the same as a small city, just with more resources. You can okay. A big city is the same thing. You can just charge more. So what was your experience like at this radio station compared to the previous three? The, my station, the, the first station I worked for in Dallas was my best radio experience. I worked for a guy who didn't care about my complexion or my hair. He never made any... Complexion. He never made any, like, fucked up... Um, I've heard my old boss here say shit about, how, like, my appearance. He never did any of that shit. He was like, you are talented. That's why I hired you. He never tried to fuck me or anyone else there. Um, it was refreshing. Because I didn't realize that, like, you could work for a male program director and they not... Be on boot. I was like, you, yeah. you're a good guy. The fuck. So it was the best experience. Everybody was nice to me. Everybody embraced me. And you know, coming from up here, I wasn't used to nice people anymore. So for people to just be like, I love your hair, and oh my gosh, and you're so come out, hang out with us, and come be. Oh, it was the shit. The people embraced me. It wasn't who is this bitch. It was who the new girl. We'll give her a chance. It sounded like you needed that southern hospitality I did. back. I did. In your life. I did. So. Oh, my phone gonna die. Oh shit! Your phone gonna die. Um. She getting her phone, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, when <laughs> niggas gotta get their charges out, she got the portable charger. Hurry back up, man. We doing we we broadcasting here. I thought she was gonna hold it down until I came back. That's I was, what a broadcaster would do. Well, you know, I'm a podcaster, not a broadcaster. Yeah. First and foremost. Second of all, no. Um so what happened with that situation that that was your best situation, like? Um, oh, I got fired after my COVID came, right? And they let my boss her. go. Uh, once my boss got let go, um, we had new management takeover, and that ain't about to work, my nigga. I know. Once, damn. Once, uh, well, once you sit it on top of that, so you can get a little bit. Look at okay, smart. Yeah. Once new management came in and took over, um, it was a situation where when you know so much and the person who runs the place you can hold them responsible for their bullshit. And so she got rid of anyone who could hold it responsible for a bullshit. Yep. Me, the APD got let go and they brought in all new people. Well, God damn. It needed to happen. I wasn't, I was so unhappy. It was a fucked up time. Like the end of that station, three people died two weeks before I got fired. Um, like three people it, at the station? No. Well, oh. two people from the station. Well, God damn. Um, and my uncle. Like it was just a, it was like Monday a funeral, Wednesday fired, Saturday a funeral. It was a lot. And so I needed to be let go. How did you? Obviously, you've been through hard times in adversity before. Like, did you draw on that experience or what? Like, because it seems like 
and this is obviously me from the outside looking in. It seems like you just internalized it, but in a good way and got yourself in shape and pulled your, you know, pulled your shit together, you know, physically and spiritually. But I, I don't know. But this is just me watching your IG over the time. Um, It was weird. So, like, I only started going outside because I realized I wasn't eating. I had lost like 20 pounds before I got fired. Um, and I, like, I knew I was pulling my jeans up all the time, but nothing clicked. Like, probably because they're too big. The fuck? You lose yeah. weight? Because I wasn't doing shit to lose weight. It was a Taco Bell and a drive to my apartment. Like, I was fucking that shit up. But. I, I had Taco Bell the other day. Man. <laughs> Not your fries back. But, um. <laughs> no. Sponsors Taco Bell. I fuck with you. Say. But. When I got let go, it'd be like 3.30, and I'm looking like, yo, did you eat today? So I'm like, you're not happy. This shit is not cool. We need to go the fuck outside. And so I just started going for walks. It had nothing to do with my physical health. I just, I, I need to be outside to recharge. And so I would just go for walks for hours. You know, I had no job. And I would sit on a park bench and close my eyes and listen to how many different birds I could hear. Weird um, shit, but cool. Yeah, like, but it teaches you to be present, because if you're listening just for the bird sounds. You don't think about the bird sound you just heard. You have to be right here so you don't miss them. Just way, different ways to practice calming my anxiety and I didn't even know what I was doing. And the walking led to me. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to train for a half marathon. I ran one here after my grandma died and it was the first one I ever did. And I'm like, that was the best time of my life. Fuck it. I'm about to start running. I, like, no hyperbole at all. Like, I really want to run a marathon because I'm a fat ass and I'll, and it's always been a goal of mine. I just don't know where to start. And then, like, I remember I asked King and then I looked up and he was already running. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, you already running. I don't want to bother you now, but it's still a goal of mine. Um, Download the Nike Run app. I, yeah, everybody tells me that. but That's a great place to start. One day. Oh, so then you know how to start. You just haven't started. Basically. Okay. Um, but when you noticed the, the transformation in your, in your physical, like, was it like, yo, I want to keep going? Or was it like, I'm bugging out. Let me, let me hmm. cause you, I don't I, think people realize like you get, you have body image issues. All they see is, girl, but you look good. But you don't understand. I've never in my life been a size two. This shit weird to me. When you take a shower and you can reach your whole body. When you can put your hand around your wrist and your fingers touch. Like, when you are little things like... I can't do that shit. See? Like, and I ain't, I ain't trying to be funny, but like, really? Little shit like when you put shea butter on your back, your hands touch on your back. Like, your fingers. Like, what the fuck? I can... And then everybody else looks at you like you change because you're skinny. Like, they'll be jealous and they will have no problem. They will not try to hide it from you. They just look at you like relatives and shit now are, like, insecure around you and scared to talk to you and be around mm. you. That shit fucks with you. Cause it's like, I'm not used to this shit either. Like, I'm the same person. Um... Then you get survivor's remorse because your friends who are bigger than you will get a little jealous sometimes and you're like, 
and they're asking you, like, oh, or, or I have friends who've had surgery, and they'll be like, well, girl, you did it the right way. Bitch, if you think you spent money to do it the wrong way, you're stupid. Like, you look good. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You ain't got to, like, tiptoe on eggshells. I'm here for the enhancements if you want to do it that way. Do, do what you do. Do you want to do. Like, we got one life. Live um, it. You know, as a, as a person that, you know, like I said, I haven't really seen you in, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously we talk, but... Um, you do look amazing. Thank you. Um, I hope you stay the course, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever the, you know, you say yoga and running. Mm-hmm. Um, big fruits and vegetables, whole big, food. Big, big fruits. Um, stay away from Taco Bell, but you can sponsor us Taco Bell. Um, I, I'm impressed. Um, you know, I always thought you were, I always thought you looked good to me. Um, but you seem like happier now you seem like a glow about you and you know maybe maybe it's the weight loss maybe it's the you know being down south and away from ohio it could be a a whole bunch of things but you do look uh happier and you're not as mean um, (laughs) as you were um i love myself more like the working out for the marathon i traded the gym for yoga yoga changed my life the first few times, I just cried on the mat. Like, just cried. That shit is so mental. And running is mental because it's just you. So yeah. when you're out there running, you're literally talking to yourself. Like, you can either be like, fuck this, I'm tired as fuck, and you'll stop every time. But if you're telling yourself, nah, we got this shit, left foot, right foot, you good. You you just keep, it's, you're building your own self-esteem. Yeah. Like, so, I, I think I look the way I feel. <laughs> Damn good. So now, uh, you after you got fired and you said that you know you start um, walking and closing your eyes and listening to the birds and shit. Um, <laughs> did was it a goal to get right back into radio? It was hell yeah. It always was. Um, like I took some time to like get my shit together, but. I was like, I mean, I'm not finna wind up in my car. We already did that shit. <laughs> Last time I was fired, it was a year and 10 months. All right, boom. So my goal was to beat a year and 10 months. I gotta get back in. Like, what the fuck? And, like, in Dallas, it's two big stations. And a lot of people flip fire from one station to another. Yeah. Um. And when my six months was up, they, like, my non-compete, they did not call me. I was like... That's fucked up. Damn. (laughs) The fuck I'm gonna do? Um, And so I was working for a newspaper in Dallas, and I was just creating the shit out of content. Still throwing events, hosting events, writing books, doing whatever fuck I needed to do to make sure these deals was paid. And they called me after... When they called me? 13 months. So, you back in the grind? Yeah. Where you at now? I'm doing middays at K104 in Dallas. Uh, weekdays from 10 to 3. <coughs> Whooping ass. What's your numbers looking like? I mean, you know, number one, obviously. Hey, um, talk about it. Triple day numbers in a month. So when I first got hired in June, it was overnight. It was like 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the weekends. And I'm like, fuck it, bro. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Like, it's all good. These bills paid. I'm still creating content over here. Um, And then three months later, they was like, yeah, so you want to be the midday job? Oh, all right. <laughs> And then a month after that, I looked at my numbers and it was tripled. Gotta love it. Tripled. Three is my favorite number. I like I like threes too. But yeah, that shit was dope. Um, 
Especially to be able, like, I got fired over the phone. It was, like, low-key some disrespectful ass shit. She fired me and then sent a group text and was like, can anybody do Saturday from 6 to 10? Because that was my shift on Saturdays. Like, and I was like, well, I can't, but I hope you find somebody. Like, bitch. So, for them, for them numbers to come out and I whoop y'all mother. And then, like, mind you, the station I'm at now is, like, the cool station. It's the popping station. It's, like, the more respected, the bigger station. And, and I fit right the fuck in. Like, it's it's dope. It's a very vindicating moment. I, I love that for you. Um, I love... I love black women getting victories like that. I think that's uh, super amazing. And that, and I mean, just being you and knowing the struggles that you went through while you were in this uh, city um, to see where you at now, man, is definitely a, a inspiration. Um, even though I always make fun of you for being mean to you, you know, it's always been love there. We always, uh, you know, we always had love for each other. And um, I know I could always ask you a question. I remember uh, my phone gonna die. Uh, I remember um, you know when I was interviewing King, I, I was able to hit you up, mm-hmm. and you and you gave me some gems, and you know what I'm saying. I know if I have any questions, like you're always there. So for sure, because I'm wrong, I'll never lie to you. Yeah, and I I super appreciate it, man. Um, I know this was a very impromptu podcast, but, you know, I just wanted to talk to you, man. It's okay. And, and Listen, catch up. You just wanted to see me. You could have said that. I did. I did. I, you know, I had a busy I had a busy weekend. I understand. You had you know? photo shoots and brunches and shit. I've been outside, you know. You had to talk to the young ladies and all that, you know. I was so. getting catcalled all weekend. You know. That um, was the dopest part about coming back. To come back and get catcalled all weekend. The same place where I never experienced colorism so bad here. And I'm be real with you. Some of it was Columbus, but some of it is just me. I wasn't as confident. I walked different, you know. And I, I specifically want to say that because, like, the colorism here was bad. But I think that my experience with colorism here was bad. The more you pour into yourself, the less of a fuck you give about certain shit. Indeed. And the less shit you attract to yourself. I don't look at myself and go, oh, I mean, I'm dark skinned, so I be like, bitch, you good. You fine as a motherfucker. Look at this look good as shit, and that's what people it see. Does. And that's what people see. The more you see it in yourself, the more other people will, regardless of where you are. And on that gym right hey, there, the uh, tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Everything is at Lil D on air, L I L D on air. Um, I am on radio in Dallas. I write, edit, and ghost write books. I create content for various businesses so we can reach their creative audience. Click the link in my bio and all that information or grab my books and products. Gotta love it. It's your boy Trap Dave, Needle to the Groove. You know how I do, you know how I feel, you know where I be. Shout out to Lil D. Thank you for coming through. We out of here. Peace. Bye. Needle to the Groove.